Welcome to the Ticket Source podcast, the podcast brought to you by Ticket Source, the free online event ticketing system. At Ticket Source, we provide the easy to use system to sell your events tickets online and in house without the fuss or stress. Whether you offer allocated seating or general admission tickets, our system gives you complete control of all aspects of your events listings online 24 7. You can try our system free at ticketsource.co.uk. The aim of the podcast today is to offer up some insight, information, and inspiration regarding the running and organization of community events. We achieve this by talking to influential individuals from the event industry across the UK. If you'd like to be notified about new podcast releases, then be sure to hit the subscribe button below. And if you take any value from this podcast, please be sure to give us the thumbs up or leave us a review. I'm Terry Rosman, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Okay, we're ready. So welcome, Amy Brooks, to the Ticket Source podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Um, today, we're going to talk about you and your involvement with the Cardiff Open Air Festival, right? So if you could firstly introduce yourself and explain what you and your event do. Hi, I'm, yes, like you said, I'm, my name is Amy Brooks and I'm a member of the um, Everyman Theatre Company board and also a member of the Cardiff Open Air Theatre Festival Committee, which is part of and produced by Everyman Theatre Company Cardiff. Um, the event is, um, uh, like, like it says on the tin, an open air theatre event, uh, which has been running for uh, nearly 40 years. Next year will be our 40th festival. Um, it started off in, in Dufferin Gardens in the Vale of Glamorgan, just outside Cardiff, and started off as a one-event theatre festival. We opened with just a Shakespeare production. And then we added a, a family theatre production to run alongside that in the daytime. And then we moved to Sophia Gardens, the Museum of Welsh, of Welsh Life, just again, just outside Cardiff, where um, a mu musical event was added to the festival. And then nearly 10 years ago, we upsticked from Sapphire Gardens and moved to, uh, from, sorry, from St. Fagans and moved to our current uh, home, Sapphire Gardens, in the very heart of Cardiff, just near, near Cardiff Castle. And since we've been at Sapphire Gardens, the festival has continued to organically expand. We added a what we what we term the light entertainment category, which is kind of like a, a light comedy play. For the last 10 years, we've been doing in that category very well-known um, British television sitcoms. Uh, that, that are transferable to the stage. So we've done Faulty Towers, Blackadder, uh, Alo Alo, Dad's Army, Vicar of Dibley, Heidi High, you know, all these well-known BBC um, television sitcoms and they go down a storm. And actually this year and in 2022, we're finishing our Blackadder journey. We've done number two, the Elizabethan, we've done the third, the restoration. And now we're doing Blackadder Goes Forth to sort of finish that saga. And in addition to those four categories, so that being a Shakespeare production, a family show, a musical and a light entertainment, we now also offer five one night sort of one off events. And um, we do a film screening, which is really popular. We've done loads of those in the past. We've screened, screened things like um, Sing Along Grease, Sing Along Rocky Horror Show. This year we're screening the film Pride, the Welsh miners um, story, and that's in, um, in association with Pride Cymru. 
Uh, we're doing, we have a choirs evening where we have two choirs coming along. We have Everyman Youth Theatre perform the Shakespeare Comedy of Errors. We have one night only of um, Dylan Thomas's Under Milk Wood. And we have, oh, what's our, what's our fifth one nighter? Oh, my mind's gone blank. And anyway, yeah, we have five one-night one mm. events in addition. So we now have at the festival nine different events to, to go and see. So we've gone from one to, to nine. Um, so it's become a really large concern. It's become, I think it is of its kind as in a, an open air festival that, that has to be constructed and erected by ourselves only days before it begins and run by volunteers. It's the largest of its kind in the UK. And um, so it's quite, uh, it's something that Everyman Theatre are, are really proud of. And um, yeah, something that I think that the city of Cardiff should be proud of, that what, what, it, what it has. Yeah, definitely. I've been myself. I went uh, a couple of years ago when you did Dad's Army and I thought it was fantastic. I, I'd never experienced something like that before. Um, so it's really good. And I'm looking forward to coming and seeing Blackadder this summer as well. Oh, it, um, it, I'll be it, there. It's a, it's a fantastic cast. And we've, we've, we've sort of, we've reunited the, the chap, Simon West, who directed the other Blackadders mm -hmm. with the actor who played Blackadder in Blackadder 2 and Blackadder 3. We've, we've reunited the team and they're sort of coming back together for one last hurrah to, to, finish, uh, to finish the Blackadder saga. And a slightly more poignant one this year in so much as that I think mo most people realise that Blackadder goes forth, ends on a... Um, on, on that poignant, sad note of them going over the top. Mm. Um, of course, when we commissioned and decided to do Black Hat Goes Forth about two and a half years ago because of the COVID situation, because of course this was meant to take place in 2020. Um, so this play was commissioned in 2019. Um, we, we then didn't know that we would be doing a play about a war in Europe when there would be a war in Europe. No, who would have thought um, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so our, our opening Friday night for that is a charity evening in, um, in partnership with the Welsh Refugee Council, mm -hmm. um, focusing on the, the devastating effect that war can have on civilians and, and uh, the creation of refugees. Yeah. So we're really proud and pleased to be um, partnering with them and highlighting um, uh, very worthwhile cause and raising funds for them. Yeah, it's nice how you can tie it into something uh, current yeah. as well, you know, so that, that's yeah, nice. Tight. Actually, one of the things we've been thrilled with with Ticket Source for our festival is that it, we've been um, very easily allowed to incorporate people making donations to our partnership charity this year, the Welsh Refugee Council, so that when they go online and book their tickets, um, it's on the it's on that home um, you know ticket selection page that they can um, they can click to make a donation, which tons of people already have. So you know we'll we'll still be rattling buckets and all the rest of it at the at the festival in, in itself, but it's just so easy uh, for people to be able to make a donation whilst they're already there purchasing their tickets. It's literally the click of a button. Mm. Yeah, definitely they may not have cash on the evening to donate. So um, yeah, it's, we've been, that's again, just, that's one of the brilliant things that Ticket Source offers is, is, is how quick and easy that was to set up 
Yeah, but brilliant. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned that um, most of the people are volunteers. So how how it, how is it? Uh, does it work out? How how are the people? How is it split from actors? Are they paid actors? Oh, so it's volunteers? a really really unique setup. Everyman Theatre Company is a community amateur theatre company in Cardiff, and it's been running for nearly eighty years. We are one of the longest running theatre companies in the UK. Um, and it is an amateur company, but the festival is a is a slightly separate, slightly more unique um, concern in that all of our directors are designers, that set and costume, our production um, team on site, you know, the, the people who actually run the theatre, you know, so our lighting, our sound, our, they are all paid professionals. And... Um, um, uh, where we can, they're homegrown paid, paid professionals mm -hmm. to support local talent. And um, the actors themselves, everyone who appears on stage is officially amateur in that they are not paid for their performance and time, though many of them are, are uh, professional uh, performers, if that makes sense. They're just not paid for this. Right, okay. <laughs> um, but I mean, what we've done productions in the past, for example, where we've had, for example, a cast of eight or nine, and we've worked out that seven of them are professional performers. Mm -hmm. they just, um, they, they've either uh, been involved in the festival in years gone by and have come back to, to sort of do, do another one final performance for us, or because it's, it's a particular role or a particular production they just really wanted to be part of and, and, and sort of did it gratis as a, you know, because they just really wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's how, that's the performance side of things. And all the other people who work at the festival and for the festival, that be, that's the, the, um, the committee who um, put the festival on and, you know, choose, uh, select the um, productions, secure the license agreements, uh, the people who do all the marketing, the people who um, do all the, the contracts, you know, anything like that. We're all volunteers. And we have then, that runs throughout the year. And then on site, during the five to six weeks run of the festival itself, we have a huge team of volunteers running uh, all the backstage crew uh, for each production the bar team, because we run our own on-site bar at the festival, which is open about an hour and a half before each production starts. Um, and we have a lovely courtyard setting there where the um, audience can come and soak up the atmosphere of the festival and enjoy a couple of drinks and some food and, and get together with friends before the festival starts. But yeah, all of, all of our bar team, all of our front of house, everybody is a volunteer. And yeah, and they keep coming back. So we must be doing something right. That's good, yeah. So <laughs> what, what are you doing? I mean, one, how are you sourcing these volunteers? Because obviously uh, volunteers are very <laughs> valu valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you source them and how do you keep them coming back? What, uh, what, what kind of benefits or offer, offers do you give them? Sourced through, um, the vast majority of them are Everyman Theatre Company members. So they're people who may uh, be a member throughout the year and may not be taking part in that particular production. And so they're, they're able to come along. I mean, the, the company has nearly 200 members in itself. So, for example, if you consider when Blackadder is on and there's a cast of, I think, is about 12, that's a lot of members not on stage. So... Mm -hmm. We, we, we utilize them in that respect. And um, they may be friends and family of people who were involved in the festival. 
So, for example, if you're on stage, you may bring along your 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 spouse or or, or your family to help as a volunteer during the festival. You know, because otherwise you wouldn't see them for the vast part of the fortnight. Um, and we also have, for example, last week we had our festival company meeting where we advertised the market that we're all getting together. And that wasn't just for people taking part directly in a production, but anybody that was interested in volunteering. And we welcome them to come along and we have a, a, a sort of an hour and a half afternoon where we all get together and have a bit of something to eat and drink. And we, um, we explain what volunteer roles are available and how they can do it and how they can contact us. And then we have a, a front of house manager, a bar manager, a volunteers manager, and they are in, in charge of coordinating this mammoth task of making sure that there are sufficient numbers of volunteers on site every night so that the festival can run as smoothly as, as it runs. Mm -hmm. And the way we retain them to answer sort of the second half of the question is um, the, the, the main thing we do for them is if you if you do front of house for us as a volunteer, you can then go and see that show that evening for free, and that, that that's just that's the biggest sweetener. So we say mm. right, you come along and you're say you're doing front of house for Little Shop of Horrors, our musical this year. Once all the house is in and seated and safe and we're just about to start, then you can take your seat and you watch that performance for free. Um, but we, we do also, we attempt and I think successfully create a really fun environment where we are a, a supported team and there's, you know, there's a lot of um, camaraderie and, and, um, and fun on site. And therefore, we've had people come along on their first night really nervous to work behind a bar. They may have said, oh, behind a bar before like it's okay you don't need to pull any pints because we don't have anything on draft because it takes too long because we're trying to serve people really quickly and then people go oh, I really really enjoyed that that was brilliant it was you know like the, the interval for example is an extremely intense 20 minutes but it is just 20 minutes and then you're done and they go well god you know it's, that was really really intense that was really bonkers but I really really enjoyed it it's a really nice way to meet the audience it was really good fun it was really you know and then and then people come back year after year to do it and say oh no it's great fun I loved it they make good friends they mm -hmm. um and that because we use volunteers and therefore don't need to pay bar staff etc etc it's reflected in our ticket price that yeah. we we try to maintain a, an accessible ticket price for people that they can come along and see um, a you know a musical of West End standards with with professionally trained singers and a professional director and musical director of an extremely high quality but it's at the fraction of the price that they would pay in either the new theatre or the Millennium Centre. Yeah, it just shows, it goes to show how important volunteers are for oh, something yeah. like this, Absolutely. yeah, the, the lifeblood. Absolutely, and we say every year at the end of the festival and the festival company meeting, yes, the people on stage are important and they, they provide the actual theatre and ultimately this is a theatre festival and so obviously they're important. But none of this would happen if it weren't for people giving of their time freely mm -hmm. and joining our community as a volunteer. Um, yeah. So it's, um, you know, they're, they're not just important, they're essential. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's, 
it, it really it really is you know that like that so how do you come up with the uh the program you know do you have a committee that sort of throw names in the hat of what they want to do and how, how then is it chosen what the eventual yeah, program would look that's like pretty much you sort of nailed it there we have the committee um make suggestions w- w- within a um you know kind of you know um we, like I said, we have categories. We do a Shakespeare play, we do a musical, we do a... So, you know, we would never do, you know, four musicals as our programme. We always have one of each category. The idea being that um, it's a very different demographic of people who would attend a Shakespeare play compared to who would attend a musical, compared to who would attend a light um, entertainment um, production. And again, compared to who would go and see a family show. Um, so... We, we have one of each category and the committee who were involved in all aspects of putting on the um, festival kind of throw production titles in the hat. We then come up with a shortlist and in the first and foremost, we ascertain if they are available from a license perspective, because there's no point considering it any further than that if we, if we physically can't put it on. So we, we you know, um, apply for licensing and sort of see if if things are available and then we consider not just um each individual show whether that would work but whether it would work as a whole program because we wouldn't for example want two productions that were too similar that may clash um for example we would never do um shakespeare's taming of the shrew alongside a musical kiss me kate it's the same story you know, so that, that that would be crazy because we think, well, hang on a second, that's the set, that's the, that's the same play, but one's with music and one's not. That wouldn't mm-hmm. work. You know, so we, we we always consider the whole program, and then the final um, the final sort of uh, mo- decision making process is it goes to the Everyman uh, board, who are democratically voted as trustees of the company, and the board vote for what they would like to be done. And then once the um, production titles are selected, we then select a, a director to, um, to, to direct that piece. We have a sort of rolling program of professional directors, but we, we have used a couple of professional directors now for a number of years um, who have been affiliated with the festival for a long time and who are popular both with audiences and with the membership. And they know the festival very well because it's a very unique um, and different directing setup. That the performance space itself is quite unlike many others, and um, so having a bit of expertise and knowledge and experience from our directors is worth its weight in gold. Mm. So, Sorry, when you when you pick the shows that you wanted to uh, that you, you decided on the shows, what's the next pro? pro uh, What's the next process? So you pick the director. When do you start rehearsing and how long does it take to hone the skills and the production? Once the the programme is set up and the directors are chosen, we kind of announce what we're doing in about November, December. And then in January, we have something called a director's pitch night where the three main directors of the three main long run shows that we do at the festival, that's the Shakespeare, the musical and the light entertainment category. The three directors will then 
do um, an evening to all of our membership, but, but actually it's, it's a complete open um, inclusive in invitation, anybody can come along, where they explain their, their thoughts and their vision for the piece. I mean, some, some of those are very obvious, like for example, you, <coughs> you said, excuse me, <coughs> you said you came to see Dad's Army, well, the director of Dad's Army wasn't going to set that in a different time or place. It was always going to be in Wilmington-on-Sea in, 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 you know, in, in the early 1940s, because that's where and when Dad's Army is set. But sometimes when we do, for example, a Shakespeare production, we may do a far more contemporary version and we may do, it may be set somewhere different and set in a different time. For example, we did a fabulous Merchant of Venice a few years ago, which because of the kind of the money and the greed uh, of Merchant of Venice, we decided to set it very yuppie business London 1980s. And by the end of February, we have our casts. Um, our, our auditions are always um, advertised and open. You don't have to be a member to audition. Anybody can audition. And they are all, um, they're all done with a board member of Everyman Theatre present. So it is a completely consistent and fair process. And then, um, yeah, everything is cast. And we, we aim to get it cast before we open the box office, which is historically on the 1st of March. So our box office opens on St David's Day, being the biggest open-air theatre festival in Wales. We go for St David's Day and by then everything's cast. And then depending on what production you're in and how much rehearsal that takes, some, sometimes rehearsals do begin as early as March. Um, although usually it's around May, like for example, like, um, Blackadder this year goes fourth and twelfth night. They kicked off their rehearsals last week, the first, the first week of May. And um, and then the the first the first production is on uh, you know begins on the twenty third of June this year so um, that's when we kick things off although we start setting up the site about a week before we have about a week to turn a totally blank field into a theatre so yeah. that's that's the full four hundred seater stand the full stage the bar, the tents, the toilet, the backstage areas, everything. It's, it is a mammoth task. And it, it's a little bit like Challenge Annika is happening <laughs> down at Sophia Gardens because they need to get that site ready for Blackadder to do their first technical dress with, basically within about three days. So it is, it's a little bit like, well, I said Challenge Annika, that might be a bit too old for some people. So say DIY SOS would be the okay. one be a more recent um, analogy it is just all hands to the pump and every you know as many people get down there and volunteer as possible and get this site set up for the yeah. festival talk to me about promotion then so how, how do you what sort of strategy do you employ to get this uh get the word out there and uh, sell the tickets so we have a, a, a small marketing team who all um we we firstly attack it from a, a targeted approach in that we, we initially target previous attendees. Um, so rather than just randomly telling everybody that this festival is happening, we all agreed that um, telling people who have previously attended an open air theatre festival, our open air theatre festival, are far more likely to reattend our open air theatre festival than just any Joe Blobs. So we 
that with that in mind and with trying to reward their loyalty we have a priority booking scheme which we've run for quite a few years so the box office opens on the 1st of March to everybody and everybody can book from the 1st of March whether you've attended before or not but those previous attendees get 20% off for uh, the first two months so from the 1st of March to the 30th of April they have a discount code which is sent to them they're sent their discount code and they can book um, online uh, or via phoning the um, ticket source box office line, use their code and get 20% off. And that's been a huge success. I mean, that that code is, that, that it's, um, priority booking time has only just expired last week and we've sold nearly 4,000 tickets. Oh, wow. so, so people wanting just to, so just, that's just us telling people who've been before, we're back, this is what we're doing this year. We use um, social media as well, quite extensively, both. I mean, that's, as you know, like you'd have to be one of our followers of one of our pages, but our membership and through our, uh, we do sponsored uh, posts as well, does, does get the word out an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, one, of the, um, one of the benefits of using the ticket source system is that when people book, they can inform us how they heard about which is invaluable for us for future years to decide how we will market it and social media always ranks highly on that so we're able to reflectively look back and say right how did people know this was happening okay let's have a look and and um, the priority booking uh, communication and social media are always two big hitters they you know they do an awful lot for us um, and then once that specifically very targeted campaign is done at the beginning, we then go more blanket, just try and tell as many people in Cardiff and the surrounding areas that this is happening. So we've got, um, for example, this year we have uh, radio adverts booked. We um, have close links with Cardiff Council because, of course, we, we're, we're, on their pro- we're on their site um, Sophia Gardens is, you know, owned by Cardiff County Cardiff Cardiff Council. So we, we we work closely with them that we can use all their parks for advertising. So we have permission to put banners uh, around all of the parks in Cardiff. So Roth Park, Thompson's Park, Victoria Park, all the big ones that are packed during the weekends and after school. That really particularly helps our family show for obvious reasons, because you get parents and kids, you know, thousands, you know, churning through them every weekend. We have huge adverts there. So that that is another big, um, big help. Um, and this year as well, we've decided that we, we've always printed We've always printed off tens of thousands of leaflets every year. And we used to use leaflet stands, but we increasingly felt that perhaps if you were just walking through a supermarket that you wouldn't necessarily go to the stand to pick it up. Is that effective? And this year for the first year, we've decided to um, use, um, to to scrap that. And we've decided to have a door to door leaflet drop. So we've, we've paid a company to, to do leaflet drops around uh, most of Cardiff. So that's about 42,000 houses because we all thought that if the leaflet physically lands on your doorstep and it's in your house, then you are more likely to you know, respond to that than just if you walk past it in Tesco. Um, 
And the other great, another fabulous thing about the ticket source system is that when you're looking at sales reports as an event organiser, it's very easy to make comparisons, yearly comparisons to other years. So, for example, last, last week, I was able to look at how many tickets we sold in the first week of May in 2019 and 2017, 2016, and compared it with this year when we did the leaflet drop starting in May. And it was a significant increase. So you, as, as a marketeer, I was able to look at the system, get the statistics that were relevant, and then go, ah, this specific marketing um, tool is working. Yeah, definitely. Because you might have, you know, your ticket sales may increase, but you need to know what made them increase. You need, <laughs> yeah. You know, we need to know so, for, so we've all put it this way we've already decided we'll do this again next year it worked we mm. know it worked yeah and where, where can people purchase tickets so i mean obviously online with ticket source but yeah, do you so have any physical spots either as well so yeah it is all online or via telephone box office but i think that in the you know with the iphone generation addicted to devices it, it is you know every people can access tickets so easily and quickly there. And, and, and again, like things like with our social media, um, uh, the person that runs our social media account makes it as easy as possible for people to buy tickets. That the, the ticket link for the show that she's particularly promoting on that post, the link is put on the post. You know, so we we make it as easy for our customers as we possibly can. That so that I mean, I am I, um, I do the ticketing inquiries, and I and this year, two and a half months in, I'm yet to have one person contact me and say, "How do I book tickets?" Yes. Yeah. So, so people seem to be able to find out how to do it. <laughs> yeah, it makes it nice and easy and uh, convenient yeah. for people to see. So at the touch of a button, you can get to the sales page and start purchasing. There's no need to exactly. go out and uh, visit a bricks and mortar location. Exactly. Um, Amy, thank you very much for your time. That's all the questions oh, I've got for you thank today. You. Thank you very much. I thought it was really great. And I think people take some a lot of inspiration from it. So yeah, thank you for your time. And good luck with the uh, the festival. Thank you very much. Yes, I hope to see you there. Thank you very much for your time and we will catch yes. you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget, if you'd like to sell your events tickets online and in-house without the stress or fuss, then please head to the TicketSource website where you can try out our easy-to-use system for free under no obligation today.